Nick, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Um, so that people understand kind of your level of, of dedication, how long have you been doing this? So I've been with the National Weather Service for uh, 25 years, in fact. I just wow. had my 25-year anniversary with the National Weather Service uh, a couple days ago. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks, John. What made you want to go into meteorology? So when I was real little, like, you know, like probably eight or nine years old, I was fascinated by storms. I was fascinated by snow. So, uh, I'm, of course, I'm a little disappointed we don't get more snow here. But I was just fascinated with all kinds of weather. And you know what fascinated me even more was that my uh, father had one of these cubes, these boxes, right, that every time a dangerous or damaging lightning-producing storm would hit, like 10 minutes before, that box would make an alarm. And I'd be like, well, what kind of magic is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then as I got a little older, I come to realize, hey, that is a, a NOAA National Weather Service weather radio. And, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's actually somebody behind the scenes that's like making that box sound an alarm before a storm gets there. So anyway, a few years later, I decided to go on a tour yeah. of the National Weather Service, um, at one of my local National Weather Service office. And I was like, I got to work here. And, uh, and I'm talking like when I was in my early teens. So like I'm the, like the only person in middle school that knew they won, what they wanted to do when they grew up. And sure enough, I, I chased that down until I got a job there. <laughs> I got to tell you, I said this earlier. I used to want to be a weather person. Yeah. And then I, when I was like eight or nine, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be on TV and give the weather. Right. And then I realized how much math was involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> math was a struggle for me. I had to repeat a couple math classes in college. But I always tell people, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Uh, as we mentioned, your title is Warning Coordination Meteorologist. What does that mean? So that means I'm the liaison between National Weather Service products and services and our core partners, including the media. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that our core partners who are emergency management officials, public safety officials, uh, school officials, you know, like when schools say, you know, we're off school today. Yeah, it's us at the National Weather Service who's collaborating that with uh, with the school officials. Um, with the media, the media is our sort of our big voice. You know, the National Weather Service issues the warnings, the watches, the uh, dangerous weather information. The media helps push that out to the to the masses of people. So my job as a as a, one of the management members at the National Weather Service here in the Raleigh office is to make sure that all of our core partners have what they need. John, you do an excellent job. You really do. I wanted to ask you, how has the job changed over the years? Oh, my gosh. The technology. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The technology has, like, for instance, one of the best improvements I've seen in how it's changed is our radar. Our radar now looks at sort of three dimensions of the things we're scanning in the sky. So we can differentiate between a raindrop, a snowflake, and and two by fours flying in the air when a tornado hits. So wow. so so you know back you know and we call that dual polarization radar. So prior to dual pole, if we thought a tornado touched down, we would just be trying to get ground truth from people who may have seen it or or people who've been affected. Uh, public service, uh, pub public safety officials, first responders. Now we know like almost instantly if a tornado touches down because our radar has the ability to detect debris. And it's just, wow, it's like a, a almost instant uh, confirmation. Wow. Today's also National Disaster. It's also Disaster Day. Uh, how can people prepare for disasters, particularly, Nick, uh, in, in our area? What things should people have in their homes or on hand in case there is a disaster or an emergency that arises? Well, disasters can happen all year round. So a lot of times I tell people during Hurricane Preparedness Week to build a storm kit. 
and have the things you would need if you lose power or without power for a couple of days. You know, we, we, we kind of have a little saying. We like to say the first 72 hours are on you. You know, you should have at least 72 hours worth of supplies to sort of ride out a situation or if you're stuck at home. Uh, so, but, but, you know, while I, while I, you know, promote that during hurricane preparedness, we get works all year round, ice storms that keep people at home, you know, big severe weather outbreaks in the, in the springtime that might result in prolonged power mm-hmm. outages. So people just need to make sure they have the stuff that they would need uh, so that, you know, in case they can't get out of their home or have to stay, you know, sheltered in place for at least three days. I will let you go this thought. If someone's out there listening, maybe they're a young person and they're thinking about becoming a weather person like you, what's the best advice you have for them? Uh, study math. <laughs> and get good at it. You know, everything that happens in the atmosphere and the sky, there's a mathematical stop. equation for stop. it. I, stop. Stop. <laughs> Absolutely. It. No. Yeah, no. math. Math. Uh, and come and visit your local National Weather Service office. You would love to have visitors. Yeah. Weather.gov slash Raleigh slash tours. Awesome. Yeah. Nick Petro the, from the National Weather Service, thank you so much for all that you do for us and for everybody else and being in studio this morning. Oh, Chris, John, thank you so much.